Blog Talk Radio. Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the fifth dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of this dimensional living, Diane Bachberger. This is Diane, and thank you for listening in on Fifth Dimensional Radio. What propels a civilization into the next step? Join me as I take you into the Fifth Dimension and beyond. Today is December the 16th, 2015, and it is uh, 10.01 a.m. I noticed that my laptop... And the clock, the digital clock that's connected, you know, to the system, quote-unquote, are about five minutes off. And usually when that happens, there means there's some distortion in time and space. So um, I may talk about that a little bit today. I just want to mention that um, my dog Tamara turned 17 yesterday and... um, you know, it was the 15th, so there's some interesting things about birthdays and stuff like that, but I know that I've been talking about, you know, the number 7 and 17. I think I talked about them on the November 25th show I did a few weeks ago, but um, I thought that was pretty amazing. She's a larger dog. She's part bearded collie. Um you know, she has made it this far, so that, that's pretty amazing life. At one point when she was just a little puppy, um, a friend of mine had left a pot on the stove and went out and forgot about it. And I was sleeping because I worked shift work. This is years ago as a nurse, and I was sleeping. The dog came upstairs when she was a puppy and whapped me around the face and woke me up. I, I it, it, you know, I was, I was pretty tired. So um, she's been a very positive force in my life. So I just want to acknowledge her. On this past week, Dick Van Dyke um, turned ninety, and I thought that was pretty neat. Um, funny thing was, um, when he was eighty-six, he got married for the second time. And when he got married, he got married on a leap year. And next. February the 29th is a leap year, 2016. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then the next one after that, 2020. So that's a magical number two. First of all, I want to start off by reading about the energy of number 19. It has something to do with what's been going on lately because I've been seeing a lot of nines and 919. You know, I have been seeing 818. And, you know, when we talk about fifth dimensional consciousness, we notice 
things, we start to notice numbers around us. You may notice 1111 popping up a lot. You may, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and look over and, you know, see a sequence of numbers. It's usually an angelic message to you um, to know what's going on. Well, anyway, I'm going to read this uh, from a page. It's called Sacred Scribe Angel Numbers Blogspot. And this was written in 2011. So uh, just plug in Sacred Scribe Angel Numbers Blogspot.ca 2011 and 06, uh, Angel Number 19. Um, it's a combination of vibrations. Okay, and when I woke up this morning, I heard bridging of realities, bridging realities. So somehow this number is a number that's bridging the beginning and the end. Okay, so because number nine often um, intonates the ending and number one, the beginning. So they don't have that written here, but I'm saying that the number 19 is a blend of the vibration and tributes attributes of the numbers one and nine number one relates to independence uniqueness motivation striving forward and progress ambition and willpower new beginnings and achieving success so in a way it sounds like a little bit like the material you know world you know we're striving ahead the ego guides in a way or pushes you forward okay and the number nine is more spiritually, you know, you're, you're, you're working through your, from the physical into the spiritual. Number nine carries the energy of the universal spiritual laws, dharma and karma, enlightenment, spiritual enlightenment and awakening, leading by positive examples, serving humanity and light working, your intuition, your inner wisdom problem-solving in your divine purpose. So I've been seeing that number a lot lately. Um, number nine also relates to endings and conclusions, making number 19 a number of endings leading to new beginnings. So there's something going on that's leading humanity to new beginnings. So big changes. So it's a message to you from the angels that your goal has almost come to completion or a phase or situation in your life is coming to an end. So this is going on with humanity as a whole. The angels want you to know that one door is closing while another is opening. Your angels ask that you remain positive through these transitions and look forward to wonderful new beginnings and auspicious opportunities. Angel number 19 reminds you that self-help is often the best remedy and your angels love and support your quest to help you and others lead happier and healthier lives. Your angels ask you have a positive and optimistic attitude about your life purpose and your soul mission. Know that your destiny is yours to fulfill and angels give you guidance and support along the way. You are encouraged to shed love and light on humanity. So, you know, a lot of things have been going on lately that don't seem to be so positive and I may touch on them a little bit, but they may be openings to have humanity look at themselves and see things in a different light so all the light workers that have been holding the energy such as myself it's making a difference okay if you have the urge to begin a new career which entails serving humanity 
the repeating angel number 19 may be the message to begin a spiritually based practice or profession, which I do to some degree. Trust that all you need is your quest, in your quest is to be provided by angels and universal energies and divine time and often miraculous ways, okay? So you may start to notice little miracles around you too. Um, I'm going to read one other thing on numerology too um, about the number 19. It's a site called uh, numerology, the number and their meanings blog spot. And this is also an article rich, written in 2011. So just plug the meaning of number 19, okay? So they have an article about number 19. The ancients call the number of surrenders your life needs to link up with the universal life. So this is a bridging. So I was hearing what is going on when I woke up this morning. You know, sometimes I hear songs and they relate to things. You know, I'm I'm given messages. I have dreams. You know, it's funny. I've been having dreams lately of, um, you know, I had a dream. A friend of mine um, had an orange uh, garbage bag and we went on it like a magic carpet. I just, I, I just, you know, sometimes I have these dreams that are pretty amazing and pretty funky sometimes. You know, I don't have regular dreams. They're very prophetic at times. What I mean by normal dreams, I mean, you know, is there any such thing as a normal dream? They're just a little different because I'm an original one. And uh, anyway, getting back to this, um, it's a number of surrender. So... And I know a lot of people are resisting this, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this show today to help people to not do that, okay? The number 19 is endurance vibration. It brings everything into focus, winds up old accounts, and starts off anew. People influenced by the number 19 completely self-absorbed, usually extroverts, are often egotistical. They can also become dependent on others and will find that there are many obstacles in their path until they learn to balance their needs with the needs of others. So this is a time where humanity has to bridge the ego. You know, especially if you haven't been there for other people and you've been self-centered, you will find that things will happen that will make you have that introverted time. So you may suddenly get sick. And I've noticed, you know, I've I've gone through this years ago, but, um, you know, there are times when things happen. And, to, you know, because if you're, you're staying in a relationship or you're not acknowledging your spiritual aspect of yourself, you're, you're focused on that materialistic thing, then you will find that things will happen, okay? And there will be obstacles put in your path till you balance what you, with your ego, are doing with the needs of others, okay? It's not exactly an easy number. One represents a new beginning, and number nine represents endings. When number 19s have determination to erase past mistakes, they then develop their true spiritual character with unshakable faith and philosophy that will sustain them. A lover of traveling to unusual places, success, and even fame are often seen with this number. And I do that. 
However, they need constant encouragement, stubborn independence. This energy excels anywhere they can show their leadership qualities. So I'm talking about this number in regards to humanity as a whole, okay, in the collective. And there's a big changes going on with the collective over the last week, unbelievably major ones. I didn't do a show last week because, you know, I was working with all this energy and doing a lot of things, you know, helping with, um, you know, refugee stuff and all that other things. So those born on the 19th will be sensitive to the point of hypersensitivity but may achieve fame in an unusual field. So it relates to an experience you've chosen on your path that cannot be avoided. So gives you an opportunity. So humanity really don't have a choice in bridging realities, going from three-dimensional consciousness to fifth-dimensional consciousness. But it will give you an opportunity to stand on your own two feet and says that you will need all the positive traits of one through ten to get through the experience. So it's every number, basically, because of it. In relation to number 19, you will ask to use courage, independence, and leadership qualities of one to create the uh, humanitarian concepts and brotherly love of the number nine for all humanity. So it's not just you. It's not just one person it's 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 the individuals but it's the collective that's important right now on this path okay all our paths are coming together there has been a, abuse of power in past life and in this present life has brought you to this place to create balance of yourself and others in this experience so bridging gaps okay and it creates balance i am the one here that creates balance you know, sometimes things seem pretty hectic in my life and things are going around. I reassure myself that I'm the one that creates balance. So these things get fired at me and I have understanding. I didn't at the beginning. So you may find things being thrown at you. You may find that you may be getting sick so you have downtime. Anyway. It's it's not fun, but when you acknowledge it and you surrender, things shift, okay? Projects that were started lifetimes ago will be finished under this number. So what I am seeing is a lot of karmic stuff is being resolved by humanity on a collective level. You know, it is a winding of old accounts, both in past lives as well as present. When this goal has been attained, there will be a feeling of an urge to work with groups of people which I do, and pooling your energy with others instead of working alone. So, you know, the 19th person loves anything luxurious or which indicates they're powerful or successful because, you know, this number kind of is thrown at you and you have to piece things together. And, you know, it, it is a powerful number. So I just thought I'd mention that. There's a lot of things I want to talk about today. First of all, I'll just check the blog talk site and see if anybody has any questions. The call-in number is 646-200-4169 if you want to call in. So um, I just want to mention that some pretty interesting um, things are coming up. Christmas is going to be a full moon, and it's uh, the cold moon. 
There hasn't been a full moon since 1977 that has happened on Christmas, and there won't be another one for another 19 years. I believe it's 2034. So um, it's funny that the 1977, you know, is the double sevens, you know, that I was talking about, and then the number 19 is coming up again. So there's those numbers. So if you want to know a little bit more about the sevens, please go back to that show that I did, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, You know, I was getting a lot of things about, um, you know, the magic carpet ride, and I was getting things about the Arabian Nights a lot lately. And, you know, a lot of things have been happening over in the Middle East, and apparently there are... I guess Saudi Arabia has initiated this. There's 34 countries or nations getting together to create an army to, you know, keep ISIS in check. Because, you know, I guess a lot of the people that have been going to other countries weren't taken by Saudi Arabia because I guess they wanted to keep that space open for Mecca. Because once those tents are taken up, you know, um, when the trek to Mecca happens. And, you know, so there's been a lot going on. And they're trying to, well, they appear to be trying to to do that, okay? I was, um, I went onto the site where the Paley Report is. Capacho does, um, you know, kind of a roundabout thing where he puts things together. Um, Apparently over the past week, Mars opposite Uranus is squaring Pluto. And, you know, it's, it's lasting for about a week, I guess. So sudden disrupted things are going to be happening to people. And because of what the numbers I've been seeing, you know, and I've know people that have gotten really, really sick. This friend of mine, um, his father passed away. And I want to talk about synchronicities today, if I have time, the synchronicities that are going on, too. Um, And, you know, he had a lot of of stress. But what happened is, I think he's going through a spiritual awakening because I talked about he sort of had a kundalini awakening at the funeral. And he became, went you know, like totally open. And I talk, I believe I talked about that on the last two, one of the last two shows I did, either on December 2nd or maybe on both shows, November the 25th. And, you know, he was seeing and feeling everybody's emotions suddenly. You know, he went from not being open at all to being totally open. But he's resisted this, and he got really, really sick. I've had family members kind of going through this recently, too. And so, you know, that's the reason why I'm talking about it. But he's still resisting this, and he's been going to the hospital every day and having IV antibiotics and everything. He's kind of has a wound. It's like somebody stabbed him in the back, and it, it, it won't disappear. So, you know, I don't want to focus on that today, but there'll be some other time where I talk about that. But the reason why I'm mentioning all these things 
is, you know, there's this sudden disturbance, and it can be in a physical way. This um, Kaipacha person, he said he fell and hurt his ankle. Um, You know, there was something that he had to look at. But unfortunately, it puts us in the position where we have to, you know, sometimes be sick or have something physical happen to us to look at the spiritual. And, you know, I was basically, that's what the number 19 means, okay? So, also the sun squares Chiron and the Saturn squaring Neptune with this means a lot. And Venus was in Scorpio, and there was sort of a trine with that. And we also went through this new moon in Sagittarius, and um, there was a square with Chiron and Pisces with this new moon. And I believe I talked about that on December 2nd show, about that new moon. Um, You know, this number 19 is a strong number right now. You know, when issues and karmic stuff come to the surface in a collective there can be a lot of turmoil. You know, a lot of people are seeing kind of this with um, what's going on. You know, um, Trump, you know, <laughs> he, he is, you know, kind of sticking to his guns about um, not allowing refugees in the country because we don't want to cause any problems, right? And things like that. Um, this, uh, there's, it's a seed time, and this Saturn square Neptune, I guess, is going over the next nine months, which is another nine. I keep saying nine nineteen, and it gets strong, I guess, in June, July, and August. And basically, the number nineteen is transcending personal needs of the ego to the collective consciousness, an opening of the consciousness. And this is what the Saturn square Neptune represents too. It's like a total restructuring of our belief system and our reality. And meaning that we're expanding our consciousness more, well, as an individual, but as a collective consciousness too. And then um, the Sun uh, square Chiron and Pisces has something to do with expansion, this expansion, okay? And it's funny, this week there was a show starting on TV called The Expansion. So literally, you know, it, it's about humanity going beyond Earth and expanding into the universe, okay? So sometimes, you know, when we look around, we're, we're being given messages, um, but it's reflected around us. It's really going on within us, but it's and within the consciousness. So, you know, our, our expansion as a collective is taking priority over the individual, okay? That's what's going on right now. We're more than an individual. We're a collective conscious. We're the earth. We're the universe. We're the cosmos. You know, we're not just materialistic, uh, ego-driven, physical people. And we're being shown that right now with the number 19 and with the physical illnesses of people. 
you know, I've, I've already bridged that gap, you know. Um, I actually feel better lately, but, you know, the thing is, you know, there's been times where, you know, working with this energy is pretty intense, but, you know, a lot of humanity um, might be resisting it, so it's, it's, it's not a time to resist it. Uh, Mars squared Pluto opposing um, Uranus. It means the individual gets enlightened. And, you know, Mars is, you know, the the survival, the ego. We're going beyond the ego. It's unfortunate that, you know, and I wrote on Facebook this week, I was feeling it, that humanity almost has to get a kick in the pants, a shock in the pants, and I was feeling that, and then I, you know, found other people were expressing that too, and I was seeing it. And then you you kind of tie these things in together with the numbers. Shocking experiences push us out of sleep. Okay? So it's a time to reinvent ourselves, to experiment. Um, so, you know... It's it's but it's also wanting to help each other, okay? And so a lot some countries are taking in these um, people that have, are refugees, Islamic refugees from Syria and other countries. You know the thing is that some of these people are thinking of themselves in a way because they're in survival mode, but. It's important that we let them know that they be grateful because of what's been going on. We've been, you know, the helping and stuff like that. And they they have to work with us. It's not just us and it's not just them, okay? And a lot of people can't see that. But in a way, these scenarios are happening to kind of throw it at us. And, you know, I've, I've been talking about the root chakra a lot lately because I've been feeling these things. And I've been talking about, you know, like sudden kundalini awakenings and people blocking their root chakras. Well, you know, it's it's time to just surrender. The black moon Lilith that's going on right now, it's the kundalini wild energy. And it's, you know, the Mars and Lilith energy working kind of together, reinventing everything. It's the opening, the age of Aquarius, the new golden age, the new meaning. It's not about us anymore. It's more of a collective thing. You know, Facebook and these different um, sites, in a way, have been a way of us connecting and making us feel more connected as a collective. But now, because of all these things that have been going on, we're in a higher frequency. Humanity is going is becoming more electric and more connected. I rhymed. I didn't intend that. Um, but they're connecting in a telepathic, more psychic way, and they're feeling more empathetic. Like I told you, this friend of mine at his dad's funeral, he kind of had a shock. It's something that... Um, but suddenly... You know, he didn't feel the intensity that he was feeling before because he was shut down. But when he opened up and felt it, it was reciprocated in people around him. He felt their emotions and he felt for them. And it was too overpowering for him. 
But this is what's going on with humanity. Humanity is being kind of thrown into a shock situation. But if you resist, it makes you sick. So 90% of humanity right now are opening themselves up to higher consciousness. But 90% of humanity still have this unconscious thing. And dream time, this feminine energy has been the time where when you open up, you remember your dreams. You have lucid dreams. I know that somebody was recently talking to me and saying that she can't remember her dreams at all. Well, it has something to do with that, okay? So when you open yourself up and you aren't resisting anymore, you will remember your dreams. We're going right now beyond religious conditioning and, you know, focusing on money and the physical um, ego and that we're separate, okay? Because we're not separate. We're all connected. We're all part of that greater picture. We're connected to source. We're like holographic reflections of that energy. We're more than a body. And, you know, we're going to be shown that. We're going to trip and fall. Jupiter North Node of Virgo, it shows the slowdown effect too, okay? So I, I've talked about a lot of things. I've been continuously saying the prayers of light to have help humanity open up to this, these things, to, to have understanding. And it looks like it's, and other people have been praying, and we've been holding this light here to help humanity be able to do this. It looks like they're, they're doing it, okay? So all good. You know, I, I just want to mention something. You know, um, if you don't understand a lot of the things I talk about, you know, do a little research. You're being attracted to this for a reason. You know, and go back and listen to it because... I know some people have told me that, you know, I'm bridging two realities when I do this show. I'm bridging 3D reality and fifth dimensional consciousness. And, you know, there may be meanings that aren't apparent in 3D, okay? So if you go back and listen, and especially after you meditate or when you're in a relaxed state, you may pick more out of this than you would have time listening to it because I get a feeling that there's somebody listening to this this is the first time they've listened to it and it's like, wow, just about knocked their socks off. So I would recommend that. I'm I'm talking directly to you. Um, Also, I keep getting things, you know, like, um, you know, people talk about fallen angels and creating a distortion which created a fallen consciousness and 3D reality, okay? Um, In a way, humanity, you know, with this physical stuff going on, they're killing that, not part of themselves, but that frequency within themselves and opening themselves up to a higher frequency. And you know, understanding and balancing energy with themselves. So we're coming distortion. And, you know, in the Bible it's written as angels, fallen angels, and different things like that. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about time. Um, I kept hearing we humanity learned enough about time to fear it and created scenarios within it to perpetuate that fear. And then, you know, the elite and, and powers that's quote-unquote be that have tried to control the planet put humanity in scenarios to perpetuate fear and keep them in that timeline in lower frequency. You know, the, I don't know if you've seen the movie Lucy, but she, when she totally opened and expanded herself, she could move forward and backward in time. Okay? So, the thing is, time really doesn't exist. When we, we go into fifth dimensional consciousness, we exist in the moment. Okay? And there is one point, the point of creation. Okay? All things exist and happen at the same time. Really, what is going on. But we see it in a linear way, in sequence, when we live in 3D, okay? And we're in a physical body. In fifth dimension, we're in a physical body, but it's more fluid. Um, you know, you see the, the, the flower of life or the rose, the inner part of it is that point, okay? I, I'm just trying to help people understand it. But it is also the inner sanctum of the divine energy. But somehow that inner point, there was a, a, a shift in some type of energy, and there was a, separ- a feeling, a separation of humanity from God. That's why they built these big cathedrals and churches and Religion was invented, was that reconnection, but we really are always connected to God, okay? I talked a lot about time in a show I did March the 25th, and I talked a lot about the number 19 in regards to a lot of different things, but more into the Mayan calendar and, you know, eclipses and patterns of things, so... You know, if you want to do a little more research, go back and do that. So, uh, okay, getting back to what I was talking about, um, February the 29th, 2016 is leap year. The last one was in 2012. And the funny thing was, I I think I was saying that um, Dick Van Dyke, um, he, he, he turned 90 this past week. There's the number nine. Um, but he got married on a leap year, and, and there's there's a nine in 29, and it's every four years, in 2012. So there's been times, I think around 1700 in Sweden, where um, the calendar kind of changed, and there was an error, and they added some days. So it was kind of, there was a distortion. Um, But it's really interesting. But I keep getting, um, there's something new being added, reinventing ourselves. There was um, cold comfort. I kept getting the words cold comfort. Cold comfort, you know, means that, you know, there's 
oh well here let me let me look it up here i want to get a good definition of it now i got to go look for it um you know a lot of humanity is feeling like physically ill and i've seen so many people being ill this year and it, and it goes it goes beyond anything that i've ever seen before um anyway i got to i'm looking for this i'll keep on talking um so You know, the funny thing is, you know, I, I talk about number sequences and stuff like that. Um, this Christmas, this full moon, I guess over in Europe, it's going to be at 11, 11 a.m. So I think Eastern time it'll be 6, 11. So the 11, 11 is, is, is going to be very strong, this divine gateway on Christmas. And it's going to be affecting you know, a lot of people. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all this, um, you know, this energy that's going on right now. Um, you know, you may have family members that decide to, they don't want to deal with, you know, things going on and, I, I have a friend that I guess about about six or seven of his friends have passed away, um, I guess, in the last three months. It's unbelievable, okay? So what does all this mean? Well, it just means that this energy is really strong, right, this 19 energy. And, you know, it's not something that's easy to talk about and to have people understand but just know that you know energies are bridging each other, and they're you know opening up and connecting. Um, many people, especially in the western part of the world, with all the attacks and violence taking place, they're finding cold comfort living here. Even you know this, I keep you know, um, and I noticed today. You know, we haven't had snow that has stayed, but, and it's been really warm in Ontario, where I live in Canada, but um, it actually snowed overnight, so it's a little cooler today, and it usually means some type of energy is being compressed, okay? So cold comfort, it's a slight console, console. Consolation or encouragement in the, state, in the face of reverse, so adversity, when things are going on. It's, it's a very stressful time for humanity, okay? If they understood what it meant, it wouldn't be, okay? That's why I'm talking about it. Anyway, the origin of cold comfort dated back to the 14th century. And there's a site, it's called www.phrases.org.uk, meaning... So, it dates back to the 14th century. E.E. E. Allet includes the line, Lord Cold Watts, his com- comfort. So that, you know, that's older English. It was used in early literature by several authors, notably Chaucer and Shakespeare. So it's, it's 
old. And it was used in the taming of the shrew and in 1596. Am I about three inches? Why thy horn is a foot, and so long as I'm the least? But wilt thou make a fire, or shall I complain to thee, our mistress, whose hand now being now at hand, thou shalt soon feel to thy cold comfort for being so slow in thy hot office? You know, I guess, you know, being slow to warm up, you know. (laughs) And humanity is being slow right now, or has been up to now, to warm up, to open up, to expand. It's been cold comfort. You know, now that is changing. And it was written in King John um, in 1596, King John, Poisoned, ill-fared, dead, for so cast off, and none of you will bid the wet winter come to thrust his icy fingers in my maw, nor let my kingdom's river take their course through thy burnt bosom, or entreat the north to make his bleak winds kiss my parched lips and comfort me with cold. I do not ask you much. I beg cold comfort, and you are so straight and so ungrateful you denied me. So, you know, these... Um, Anyway, Stella Gibbons adapted the term for her 1932 parody of classic rural novels of Hardy and similar authors, Cold Comfort Farm. So I kept getting the words cold comfort this week, too. It all makes sense now that I'm tying it in together, you know. We're bridging, we're connecting right now, and I am bridging and connecting for you, okay? So I'm just going to go back to the blog talk studio and see if anybody's called in you may find that things are starting to make sense for you people that are you're listening why things have been happening um anyway six four six two hundred four one six nine if you'd like to call in um i guess i will go on and um look at um the christmas full moon Um, the full moon will shine on Christmas night, the first in decades, okay? So you can do a little research on this. So when Santa's sleigh goes by, it'll be a full moon. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But anyway, um, this this is our presence, okay? So there's an article in this Forbes magazine about the full moon. And there actually is a picture of Santa Claus in his sleigh here on this. So go www.forbes.com sites and then, you know, plug in uh, the 12th, the 16th article and the full moon. So this was just written. So the first time in 38 years, there will be a full moon shining down on this Christmas. So that's, when you put add the numbers together, that's 11. So this is going to be a magical number. Christmas too, and it's some place in the world. It's happened on eleven eleven. So divine vortex opening up, which means, you know, a lot of humanity will be opening up to this. So, the previous full moon on Christmas nineteen seventy seven came out. The first Star Wars movie was released, and Jimmy Carter was in the White House. Take the opportunity before opening presents to step outside and appreciate your unique place in the solar system. So. 
we are not just one. We are many in the one one, okay? You can witness the moon at its peak at 6, 11 a.m. Eastern on Christmas Day or you're too excited to sleep. So you got to get up really early. So if you miss this one, you have to wait another 19 years until 2034. Now, that's another the magical number again, okay? The number 19 I keep seeing. Until 2034 to witness a full moon on Christmas. NASA has calculated that more uncommon occurrence, a Christmas lunar eclipse will next occur on December 25th, uh, 2531. So that is pretty interesting. Okay. If so, if you're not keen on waiting that long, you can view a solar eclipse on Christmas Day 2307 instead. Okay. So, but you, you know, so some stuff, neat stuff's going on with those days in Christmas. Okay. The full cold moon, okay, so there's that um, cold again. R- reflects a perfect opportunity to learn interesting facts. You know, certain words in English or other languages are magical too. The word cold is magical right now. So it represents a perfect opportunity to learn interesting facts about our moon and its rotation around the Earth and how it was formed. So the moon and the earth are in cosmic dance. They orbit around the comet center of mass. In this case, the Berry Center, which is the center of mass, lies about three-quarters of distance from the earth's surface to the moon. So the moon takes 23.322 days to orbit around the earth, and at a tilt of five point five hundred. 5.14 degrees compared to the plane of the Earth's orbit. So it has a tilt compared to the, the tilt or, or, or its orbit around the Earth. This rotation around you know, the Earth of the moon results in our tidals, daily tides. So there may be a high tide, you know, on Christmas. Um, the moon's gravitational force acts upon the Earth's oceans. The sun and other planets have less influence on the gravitational forces upon our oceans, and thus tides have a cyclical pattern that matches the moon's orbit. There are a variety of theories that exist to explain the origin of our moon. One theory is that it is early on the formation of Earth. You know, when the Earth was first formed, a large body collided with Earth, ejecting pieces of the Earth into orbit and around our planet. Eventually, these pieces became the moon. Another theory suggests the moon was captured in Earth's orbit and was formed elsewhere in the solar system. This theory explains several differences seen in the geologic composition of the Earth and the moon. However, at present, the impact theory remains the most probable and fits the best with scientific data of the moon. So that, you know, is kind of a scientific thing and dates and times and all that sort of thing. Okay. So there's also this December uh solstice going on, okay? You know, solstice is the shortest day of the year. That's and this is coming up on I think the twenty first or twenty second, depending on where you are in the world, okay? 
So there's a lot coming up. There's an article on Earth Sky, uh, everything you need to know about December solstice 2015. And it says late dawn, early sunset, short day, long night for us in the northern hemisphere. The December solstice marks the longest night and the shortest day of the year. Meanwhile, on the day of the December solstice, the southern hemisphere has its longest day and shortest night. This special day is coming up on Tuesday, December the 22nd at 4.48 UTC and um, December 21st at 10.48 p.m. CST. No matter where you live on the Earth's globe, a solstice is your signal to celebrate. You know, follow the links below to learn more about the December solstice. So it just says, you know, where is a solstice where I live? Where What is a solstice? And where should I look to see the signs of solstice in nature? What's, uh, doesn't, why doesn't the earliest sunset come on the shortest day? You know, there's a lot of different articles. <coughs> Excuse me. What is a solstice? The earliest people on earth knew that the sun's path across the sky, the length of the day, and the location of the sunset and the sunrise all shifted in a regular way through the year. They built monuments such as Stonehenge in England or, or, or for example, at Machu Picchu in Peru to follow the, the sun's yearly progress. But we today see the solstice differently. We can picture it from the vantage point of space. Today we know that the solstice is an astrological or astronomical event caused by Earth's tilt on its axis and its motion orbit around the sun. Okay? And so, but today we see, you know, um, because the Earth doesn't orbit upright, but instead it's tilted on its axis by 23 and a half degrees. There's that number, which is a magical number too, 23. And I've talked about that on shows, but we'll do it today. Earth's northern and southern hemispheres trade places in receiving the sun's light and warmth most directly. The tilt of the earth, not the distance from the sun, is what causes winter and summer. Okay? At the December solstice, the northern hemisphere is leaning away from the sun for the year. Okay? So that's why we get winter, okay? Because it's tilting away from the sun. And then the bottom part is tilting towards the sun, the southern. Okay? At the December solstice, Earth is positioned in its orbit so the sun stays below the North Pole horizon. As seen from the 23.5 degrees south of the equator at the imaginary line encircling the globe knows the Tropic of Capricorn, and I'm a Capricorn. My birthday is um, January the 16th. This is my magical year. I almost forgot to t- tell you about that. And I probably will talk about it towards my birthday in January. That... Um, I'm, my birthday is January the 16th, and I'm, the year is 2016. And, you know, my age date and my birth date ma- match also, so that's pretty amazing. So there's some magical stuff coming up. So the Tropic of Capricorn, the sun shines directly overhead at noon. This is, is as far south as the sun ever gets. All locations south of the equator have day lengths greater than 12 hours at the December solstice, Meanwhile, all locations north of the equator have day lengths less than 12 hours. 
for us on the northern part of the earth, the shortest day comes at the solstice. So this is going to be the shortest day of the year. After the winter solstice, the days get longer and nights shorter. It's a seasonal shift that nearly everyone notices. So around the time the winter solstice, watch for late dawns, okay? Early sunsets and low arc of sun across the sky each day. Notice your noontime shadow, the longest of the year. So I I talked about that on a show last year. Meanwhile, at the summer solstice, noontime shadows are short. Photo via the Slam Beach Beach Volleyball Festival in, in Australia. Where should I look to see signs of the solstice in nature? Everywhere. For all of Earth's creatures, nothing is so fundamental as the length of daylight. After all, the sun is the ultimate source of light and warmth on Earth. If you live in the northern hemisphere, you will notice that the late dawns and early sunsets and low arc of the sun across the sky each day, as I said before. You will, may notice how the sun, uh, low the sun appears in the sky at, at local noon, and you will be sure to look at your noontime shadow. Around the time of December solstice, it's your longest noontime shadow of the year. So it's the opposite. And then you notice that, you know, animals hibernate, and it, it affects, peop, you know, animals. So it's pretty interesting what goes on, you know, and what's going on this time of the year. You know, maybe this is the time where humanity really has to look at... Um, Take that downtime, you know. Animals hibernate. Um, so there's there's winter solstice festivals going on, you know. And it's Tuesday, December twenty second. So just for people who who are curious about that. Um. Okay, Christmas full moon, two thousand and fifteen. Okay, got a lot of action going on around here, so I'm getting distracted. Um, so this this full moon is pretty amazing. Just trying to see, um, it's going to be a perfect full moon. Anyway, it talks about. Um, Okay, this one particular article, it's Dark Sky Diary. For example, the last decade's December full moons happened on the 15th, the 5th, the 24th, the 12th, the 2nd, the 31st, 21st, 12th, 28th, 17th, and December 6th. In 2009, there were two full moons in December. Wow. The 2nd is uh, known as a blue moon, Okay. And I, I think I talked about that on that year, on that show. As the 29-day pattern of phases drifts around the 31 days in December, it is not surprising that the occurrence of Christmas Day full moons is around every 30 years. So there is a pattern. So there's 29s that, you know, the number of nines there again. Anyway, so like I was saying before, there was um, 38 years ago in 1977. And then the, in 19 years, in 2034. So there's an average of every 29 years, okay? So that's pretty amazing, too. So 
So just keep in mind there's reasons for number sequences. And um, I was trying to find this um, December New Moon. You know, um, I didn't talk about that, but it was December 11th. And, you know, that's the number 11. And it was, um, had to do with the final evolutionary leap. So humanity is going through massive change throughout. And then, you know, the December full moon allows for these bridges to be mended. Like there's, it's like physically people are showing it, but now they will be mended. Okay. And people may find around this time that relationships ended for them. This is um, this full moon. You might meet a new romantic partner, okay? So, I guess this is a time of bridging or joining. So that means that you're bridging two realities. You're bridging um, um, relationships healing things that have fallen apart. I keep seeing things falling apart. So it's all about new partnerships, new collective consciousness, joining of humanity, like I'm talking, the number 19. So it's almost like this full moon, this December, and three degrees cancer, is a reflection of the number 19, Okay. It's, it's got to focus on love and friendship. And this article that I'm reading from Astrology King, Full Moon, December 2015, there's two prominent stars and an aspect pattern which all say the same thing. This is ideal full moon for drinking the bonds in existing relationships or finding a new romantic partner. After, you know, things have fallen apart. So this is joining of humanity, the number 19. You know, like I was talking about at the beginning. It's a negotiating. It's a good time for business. You know, people aren't working that day. But it may be a good time to negotiate between of the earth. It's a time for us to pray and set out light that we all collectively want to do what's best for the planet. So... um it looks like that's happening right now, you know, with those 34 Islamic countries that are joining to kind of go control ISIS, you know, something that's been ripped apart with that psyche of that energy. Okay. So the sun opposite the moon, along with this conjunction, is the most important of all aspects in astrology. A full moon focuses our attention on relationships of any kind. It's a nurturing energy, the feminine energy, the moon, you know? And like we're talking about the water, the you know, causes the tides, it has to do with the emotion. So the emotions are going to be intense this Christmas. And, you know, um, I was seeing a lot of destruction energy and, you know, the root chakra shifting and opening up. And, you know, people have been resisting it. So it's about combining the emotions and the instincts 
you know, that we have within us. So, and then the spiritual aspect within us, okay? So this number 19, where we, you know, are bridging realities, the 3D to the fifth dimensional consciousness. And it's about balance, okay? So you're balancing energy and relationships by looking, you know, at your own needs and your own intentions, but seeing beyond, you know, anything that's going wrong in your other, you know, in relationships, you you will become more clear about this, okay? So the influence of this full moon lasts two weeks either way. So I guess the new moon's going to be happening January the 9th, you know, um, I've just got to read this to make sure. Um, yeah, the new moon's happening. Um, and it's intense energy, January the 9th, 2016. And what they have written here is egomania. So the new moon on Saturday, January 9th, 2016, at 19 degrees, there's the 19 again, falls just within the Capricorn Deccan 2. The new moon, so... It falls within that second decan. The new moon astrology is intense and chaotic with the reemergence of Uranus square Pluto. This uncertainty about the future feeds into aggression and arguments uh, caused by Mercury retrograde through this moon phase. This relationship will be subject to sadness and, and appointments for some, but those with an open heart and mind, there's a chance to bring a brighter future much closer. So, you know, when the time comes, I will read about that, you know, new moon. But it's important that we pray and we use our light right now to use the energy we have to heal and mend rifts, you know, within the collective, okay? Because some intense energy is coming. You know, this full moon is about cooperation. It's about joining, mending. And... um there is one aspect to the full moon, which is a trine to Neptune, a relatively weak influence. So I focus on the fixed star, then the aspect fo- focused on Venus. And this fixed star, Tijat, uh, prior, at 3 degrees 9, uh, 39, Cancer lines up closely with our full moon. Although in the Cancer sign, this star belongs to the Gemini constellation, since the Greeks this fixed the slow-moving constellation at zero degrees Aries in the zodiac over 2,000 years ago. The stars in their constellations have moved 30 degrees their whole sign forward in their relation to the western or tropical zodiac. And, you know, because of this process called progression, or precession, sorry, precession, I will use fixed stars for horoscope in, in interpretation. So because of the changes, there's big changes going on. This person's going to use something that's more stable um, than the signs. Um, the signs derive their name and meanings from constellations. Anyway, this provides a more logical, factual, and accurate interpretation. So with the star, Tijat Prior, being of the nature of Mercury and Venus, December 2015 full moon promotes open communication, love, and kindness. And then the cancer is the water sign, so it has, you know, the emotion too, right? The star gives public appeal and the ability to express ideas in reasonable, acceptable ways 
and wish to win their manifest intelligence. Socially, this full moon is excellent to making friends or tightening the bonds in existing relationships, like I said before. You know, full moon minor grand trine. So uh, you can see in the full moon December 2015 astrological chart, and they have a chart above, the Venus is midway between Mercury and Jupiter, making a symmetrical triangle called a minor grand trine. And sometimes a minor grand trine energy is more intense than a major trine, okay? The blue lines to Venus are expressive sextiles, and the blue line from Mercury to Jupiter is the harmonious. A minor grand trine is more dynamic, see, I told you, than the more familiar grand trine, but it still suggests talent and skill at expressing and achieving love, understanding, and kindness. So there's a lot of love and kindness and working together, so bridging, you know, realities. A major grand trine represents a work in progress as skills have not been fully developed. So this means we have to work at it, though. But we have to release. You know, I was talking on a show maybe a month ago about you just going for it, just jumping off the cliff and having faith. The creative expression and intelligence of a minor trine is very similar. It influenced to that of fixed star propus. You could not have a better planet as a focal point of the aspect than Venus as all minor grand trines strive for love and harmony. Mercury and Jupiter complement it. So as well, this brings a talent for creativity and communication as also associated with minor grand trines in general. The brief interpretations for the aspects below show how the planets involved go together so well in March. The theme of fixed star. So there's a lot going on right now, okay? You know, I, I'm not so sure I want to focus on this, but the Mercury trine Jupiter is the fuel that, fuel that fires Venus. This aspect is ultimately expressed through Venus via the sextiles, and it brings optimists and good news. So Venus sextile Jupiter is excellent for partying and making love. Sextile, uh, well, Mercury sextile Venus is fun-loving and friendly, making it a nice time to relax and unwind. Fixed star Agena at 24 degrees Scorpio has a big influence on Venus. Being a, a lovely Venus-Jupiter star, it again fits as well in the themes of love and friendship. So indicated so far for this full moon, it gives enough energy and enthusiasm to make sacrifices for your lover or your cause. So it sounds like you know there's a lot of stuff going on with this, okay? Anyway, so... We'll talk about that new moon that's coming up later. I want to talk. I wanted to talk a little bit on synchronicities. Um, synchronicities are things that seem to happen that come out of nowhere. That you keep seeing numbers. You know, like I keep seeing numbers, but synchronicities are you know scenarios that happen. Like this friend of mine whose father passed away. Um, I went with him and his friend, um, or my friend, sorry, and his, 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 his my friend's um, father and mother, we went to this restaurant. Um, I've been friends with the mother and father for quite a while. And we went to my favorite restaurant in Aurora called uh, Jonathan's. 
Well, what I ha- happened um, after his father passed away, he went through this Kundalini awakening right at the funeral. But another thing that happened, um, he was the very last person that I saw when I left the restaurant. Um, his father and the restaurant closed down after 30 years the day he died. I mean, yeah, the day he died, you know, um, I found that out later. So that is that is a very synchronistic um, thing happened. You know, what, what does that mean? You know, a restaurant that, you know, has been open for a long time and a person that has been around for a long time, they suddenly... It was, you know, it seems to me that it, to some people, it would seem like an odd coincidence, but it's more than a mere coincidence. It just leaves you with that kind of weird feeling, you know, like do 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 do. And um, there's a lot of, you know, people have studied synchronicities, and synchronicities have. A deep and profound connection between the consciousness of our world and of the unconscious world, okay? You know, we're talking about, you know, dream and, you know, it's the unconscious, it's the feminine energy. Well, synchronicities are this feminine energy. And, you know, we're talking about this moon that's coming up, full moon in Cancer, three degrees of Cancer, being a very emotional time, but also being a joining time. But everything that I'm seeing around me is showing this, okay? So, some people find it disturbing, you know, when they start seeing all these synchronicities, or even numbers. They keep seeing one, one, and then certain patterns happen. But just to let you know that you, when you start to become aware of them, it means that you're going beyond third-dimensional consciousness, okay? So, you know, there's a bunch of different stories, and I'm not sure I, I want to get into them or share them that much. But um, anyway, there's one thing that I read You know, this, uh, there was a, uh, a physicist in Switzerland who said that it was like children watching mom and dad playing a game of cards, and at the moment they're playing canasta, and through observation we've figured out some of the rules. So, you know, you're you're figuring out the rules. And this is what humanity is doing in 3D. They're thinking, hey, you know, da-da-da-da has da, da, happened, and there's universal laws, and it's following a certain rules. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden... You know, I'll, I'll go on with this to get ahead where I'm, where I'm going with this. And they switch and play, start playing poker. Okay, this is what's going on right now with humanity. A certain way has been going on for a while, but all of a sudden it's changing, and the rules are changing. And when that happens, which I think is what's going to be happening starting in January, and it's being reflected in that new moon. You know, we're we're getting ourselves together because. Things, the the ground rules are changing. Things are changing. So, you know, don't try to figure out the rules. 
because I really don't think there are any rules. People say there are universal rules, but, you know, laws can change. And this is what's going on right now. So, what coincidences do you have happening in your life right now? How can you relate them back? You know, I talk about all these things and I'm correlating them and talking to them. You know, but when I see them, I'm doing it from a fifth-dimensional way, but I'm bridging reality so to help people understand what's going on, okay? So, you know, some people, I think it was, um, I'm just trying to remember that. Um, I've got a lot of things going on in my head right now. Um, Jung, yeah, Carl Jung. He was talking with a patient um, one time about, um, you know, these type of bugs in Egypt. Um, And all of a sudden, one of them hit the window, and the likelihood of that happening was pretty remote. Um, Okay. We create our own reality. Okay? Sometimes we do things in this reality that may seem chaotic or they may be synchronistic to give us messages, okay? This number 19 keeps happening and I keep seeing it everywhere. It's there to let me know what's going on and I'm opening myself up to this. There was one instance where this psychologist um, had a patient and he thought she was very delusional. And she was, you know, like preoccupied with the fact that since she was seven years old, she had burned her family's house down. And she got it into her head that she was causing fires around her. And always seemed to her that there was fires breaking out for no good reason. But anyway, he goes on to say he had this candle in his office for the light of awareness. You know, he wanted to help people strive to open up and learn about themselves. So anyway, he had lit this candle and he heard, I guess back in his office, he heard like an explosion and he went into his office and noticed that the candle exploded and there was wax all over the, the you know the mantle and the burning wax is streaming onto the wood floor and he leapt to put out the fire she said i told you so okay this is leading to something i you know he said that he told her that it was a freak coincidence and that things don't happen in reality like this you know we can't create things within us but humanity is becoming more aware of this and they can okay i'm saying this So, back again, you know, she thought that and had guilt about causing this fire as a a child and thought she was a fire starter and that wherever she went, that she would start fires. Well, anyway, it happened. So, anyway, she was telling him the details of what happened when she was a child because she she was suppressing it, right, for all these years. And, you know, if if stuff is happening around you, what have you suppressed? 
Okay, maybe these things are happening to get you to deal with stuff that you've kept within yourself. And, you know, I'm aiming this right now at a certain person. But my friend, who at this funeral kept everything inside of him, his emotions, he let it, he was able to open them up. Okay? Anyway, when he was, she was talking, this girl that he had as a patient was talking about her childhood. She heard sirens and looked out the office. He looked out his office window and saw some fire trucks putting out a fire across the street. And she was really disturbed now, okay? But he continued to say to her it was just a coincidence. And it wouldn't be logical, you know, for that to happen. Anyway, he showed her how to journal and write down the guilt-ridden things within her. And then, you know, she came back the next week. And it must have been really difficult for him. You know, I used to work with patients and uh, would help them do these sorts of things. You know, when I was a psychiatric nurse therapist, but um, she had to relieve her, relive this suppressed childhood event and unwind it in her psyche, okay, and bring it to her conscious mind. So, you know, things that are in the feminine energy, the subconscious, the unconscious, the dream time, these numbers, things that are happening to remind us things, it's like dream time and wake time become blurred okay there's a kind of a balancing you know that's like that torn energy coming back together that number 19 energy again so there was turmoil helping her subconscious and she was desensitizing he was desensitizing her you know using cognitive therapy getting her to write it down and i've done cognitive therapy to help people you know, look at things and, and take it away from themselves and put it on paper. He lit another candle. He must be a brave person. And um, anyway, so thinking about her feelings in regards to these, this childhood and these, you know, certain incidences that happened at his office, okay? So anyway, he, he had felt, you know, there's no fires anywhere around. And then he was going to say this to her. And then a, a brand new van caught on fire right in front of his office. Anyway, it come near the intersection where the office was and, and burst into flames. So he was like, what the heck is going on? The fire had moved a little further from us, probably indicating there was making some progress. That's what he said to her. The fire is moving. At least the fire is moving now. So the following week, she came, and she was scared. Her work in these last, you know, these four weeks had worked at that childhood stigma that she had had, that kind of poltergeist phenomena, okay? So (laughs) anyway, is it possible for human consciousness to really create things outside of ourselves, like spontaneous fires? You know, or are they coincidences? You've got to be the judge of that. But do we create accidents or things, sickness within ourselves to look at things? Maybe that's what humanity is doing right now. They're creating that scenario so they can fix it, fix it within themselves. Anyway, it never happened again after that, okay? She managed to work on it and move it out. So... 
you know, when we talk about um, synchronicities, do we create these synchronicities? Or are they created for us to help us see it? Does it have to do with time loops and karma? There's a lot of different things that, you know, you could think about. You know, I think uh, Ted Andrews, he did a book called Animal Speak. And within that book, he had a dream about, I think it was uh, a possum. And then he actually, uh, the opossum came into his garage and it was all about subconscious coming to the conscious. You know, this psychologist kept having dreams about a giant lizard. And it was very disturbing and vivid. You know, I've been having dreams about magic carpet rides. And all this stuff's been going on in the Middle East. Can we rise above it? You know, we can rise above it. So it makes sense to me now, okay? Anyway... Anyway, so he gets this phone call after having this dream about this lizard. And he picks up the phone, and it was at 3 a.m. in the morning. And there was a lot of static on the line, and it said, is Liz there? (laughs) Anyway, so um, he hung up the phone, and he was a little freaked out. Possibility that somebody would call him looking for a Liz, and his dream figure was named Liz. The lizard was named Liz. Um, And you know what I was talking about earlier about um, Carl Jung? And he wrote, uh, you know, he wrote about different things that have happened in his experiences with therapy and with people and synchronicities. He had a word for it. He's the one that coined um, and really started using the words were signs of something powerful moving deeply in the subconscious mind. When the movement was strong and it was intense within, it affected the external environment. You know, I was talking about that bug, the scarab. Um, You know, this patient was talking uh, about a dream about a a scarab, and he heard a thumping at the window, and so did the patient. They turned around, and it turned out to be a scarab. So what what are the odds about this? You know... um, how could somebody find a bumblebee in the middle of uh, the winter time when a patient was describing a bumblebee? Anyway, there's a lot of different things. Manifestation, you know, um, has this to do with synchronicity, like things we manifest? Are we manifesting to have things we want or manifesting things to help us on our progression in consciousness? So you have to be as specific as possible when you manifest. You imagine the details within your mind as clearly as possible and then generate positive emotions to regard in the specific vision of what you want. So this Christmas is going to be a really emotional time. I'm going to vision humanity as a collective going into the golden age of love and light, okay? So the reason why I'm, you know, leading up to all this and the synchronistic things that have been going on, these are things that I'm seeing and I'm being led to do. What are you being led to do? What is your desire? And, you know, it 
I was talking about letting go of what we've seen, opening ourselves up to new vision. You know, and what do we have to do as a collective to be able to open the rest of humanity to this? Um, You know, the fact that you're listening to this show indicates that your mind and heart are speaking to you, okay? That's synchronistic, the fact that you're listening to the show. If you start getting numbers that match what I've been talking about, or if you're getting 1-1, it means that you're opening up to your higher power, okay? And your higher power is speaking to you and helping you. You know, when you manifest, you feel that emotion, you have that desire, and then you let it go. And then do what you have to do to to bring the desire into manifestation. You know, we we can imagine it. In fifth dimensional consciousness, things happen in an instant. In 3D, it takes a little longer. So you actually have to do something. So if you want to manifest a job, you just don't sit there and say, okay, this job's going to come to me. You have to go out and apply for jobs and stuff. But you use that mental magnet that you will manifest the job that you want with less effort. And, you know, I, I've done things, and my daughter's noticed this. She, she want, when we have to do paperwork or apply for things, she brings me along because I can get things done in one day that might take two weeks to do, okay? Ma- amazing synchronistic things go click, 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 click. So be careful what you choose to create and make sure that it harms no one. You know, it's not about the individual anymore. It's about yourself, okay? You know, we talk about um, these are times, you know, and when we're expanding, it's about the pulse of life and death. You know, I, I was talking about synchronicities happening around death, around my friend's father. Well, he was my friend, too. Um you know, it's like a passage that happens. You know, I was very sad when he passed away because I felt like he was like a father to me. And that restaurant was my favorite restaurant, and it closed the same day he died. So one of the things that I noticed, about, and I've noticed about death, a lot of times people, when they're dying, they don't want people to know they're dying, and they die when people step out of the room. You know, you've seen that where where they go to get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, they come back and the person has passed. You know, it's it's almost like they know and they don't feel you feeling that pain when they're passing, okay? Um, you've heard that Schroeder's cat and quantum uncertainty. You know, um, I'll try to explain it. Um The quantum physics story where the um, this guy had a scenario in the imagination of this Schrodinger's mind, he was struggling with uncertainty, okay, with quantum theory. And the problem with quantum mechanics is that you can never predict anything with certainty. There are only probabilities that might happen or not happen. And he, so Einstein 
even said God God does not play with dice. Okay? So to try to explain the unexplainable, he came up with this imaginary box. A lot of things in quantum physics are imagined since there's no way to look at anything that small. So there's a cat in a sealed box. A poison pellet is released. Using the quantum model, you cannot predict whether the cat is dead or alive, only that when you open the box and look inside, do all probabilities collapse into one reality, alive or dead? So, you know, they don't know why he chose a life and death example. But all you can know is there is a pulse of life and death. That's why I'm using this example. You know, there's there's a lot of possibilities going on within your subconscious mind about things in general. And, you know, we create our reality here. So it only stands to reason that your subconscious, when it starts to expand and go into higher consciousness, that it would give you messages. But I want to tell you an even stranger story. Somebody I know was in a physics class, and they were using this scenario, and one of the young guys that was talking in the class mentioned about the cat in the box and, you know, not knowing if the cat was alive or dead, but probably that the cat was half alive and half dead. And, you know, one of the students in the class just went berserk and he started yelling and screaming at this guy who said this, you know, like the cat was neither alive or dead. It completely, how do I say, um, shattered his reality, okay? That's why I think right now people that are maybe resisting this are shattering, shattering their reality. Um But anyway, the kid that had his reality shattered just went kind of berserk and got up and almost punched the guy in the face. And he says, you're racist. This happened just recently, by the way. But the thing is, this kid that was talking about this was, you know, had some black in him. So he wasn't being racist at all. It didn't make any sense what this other guy was saying. But what I think he was saying... He was something opened up with him, and he was saying what he was to somebody else. He was projecting it on somebody else. But this thing of being neither neither dead or alive shatters something. Okay, and I hope I you can understand what I'm saying. It's you know neither ex- existing in one reality or another. It's somehow you have to go through something that kind of shatters your ego or this reality to be able to pop into the other reality and to expand your consciousness, okay? And it may start off with the kundalini expansion or, you know, and it opens up your chakras. They kind of pop open. So this is, people are being, you know, kind of like torn right now. I'm seeing that word. So when things pop into our consciousness, our conscious awareness, look what direction it's going in, okay? Seeing a certain thing, is it is it there to tell you something? 
you know, I, I ha- I've been having that happen for a long time, and I open myself up to it. You know, my consciousness maybe have shifted, but it doesn't mean that yours yours can't too, okay? You know, you were talking about, um, this person talks about Jack in the Box too, an you know, article that I was reading. You crank and crank and then suddenly Jack pops out of the box. Well, we've been stuck in a box, asleep. Then all of a sudden, you know, we're bridging and and cracking, and we pop. So our psyche, which is connected to the physical and mental part of ourselves, and there's an unconscious psyche, it has a lot of emotional energy. There's going to be a lot of emotional energy, and there has been energy happening. So, this anger, for example, you know, ISIS may be a reflection of this psyche within humanity, okay? It's just being reflected and put kind of out there. But it may be something within it, the anger I'm talking about, within us all. You know, energy never dies. In physics, you know, you, you learn that principle cannot be restore, re- destroyed. It changes form. Well, we can reverse that, change that form. If our mental, physical, and emotional energy is strong enough, it can affect our external environment, what we create. And that's what happens with synchronicities. So a lot of these things might set a person on a direct path, spiritual path. I don't mean to religion and studying and all that stuff, but it may, but it may be just understanding who we really are. Anyway, so it's important that we we, we pay attention to these things. And that's why I'm I'm dwelling on it a lot today and talking about these other things. So, you know, People that become depressed, you know, a lot of people say they judge them and stuff. And people that, you know, see things beyond this world, they don't. Some people don't have understanding, but it's important that we don't judge them. We see that there's meaning within this. You know, I talked a couple of weeks ago on a show about depression being something that happens to make us more aware of our stuff. Um, maybe things going on with our heart is a way of making us understand things about our heart, okay? It may not be the easiest way to go through it, but in 3D, that's the way it happens. So, you know, it's important that we look at these things, and um, that's why I'm talking about them. Um, I keep getting stuff about... Um, this uh, I don't know why this keep po- keeps popping up. Uh-oh. And it, and, and it popped back. So I, I this is, things keep changing. You know, I, I, I'm looking at a, a, a web page, and all of a sudden it just changes, and the article totally changes. And it may be related to something that's related to something else, but it, it's just very strange. Okay, But it, it's not strange for me. Anyway. So um, 
I wanted to talk a little bit about that new series that started a couple days ago. It's called Childhood's End. And um, the first part of it's called The Overlords. And it's based on a book by Arthur C. Clarke from 1953. And, um, you know, I I won't talk about it too much because I don't want to wreck it for people. But it's like, um, you know, we're going through these times where people are, are becoming more open to the fact that there are spaceships around and aliens around, and um, they're opening up, um, you know, files and different things that have been held for a long time. The X-Files is coming back this January for a couple of nights. Um, anyway, go, there's an article here, and it, it talks, um, just plug in uh, Childhood's End, and it's a review. Um it's sci-fi's latest ministries. Um, it's not like a typical invasion along the lines of V or the event or falling skies. It's a peaceful alien race come to Earth, and they basically say to them, "You, you have been doing a good idea or good things. You're having war. Your people are starving. Blah blah blah, and we can make it better." But the thing is, they don't let them you know, do any innovation or or science or, you know, it's just they're living in this um, quote-unquote golden age. Starts off with this guy, um, you know, basically is in a ruined city and he's saying he's the last man on earth. And he kind of gives away what's going on, but he says it in a way that, you really have to listen. But um, the story begins in 2016 when these mysterious spaceships arrive to Earth. Okay? So, um, and there's a, an overlord that basically comes to Earth and speaks to humanity and, you know, kind of has a representative and starts to make changes on earth you know we are coming into times where these things are important so you know i'm basically just talking about this show and you can watch it if you feel like it it gets more involved than this but um there's things reflected on around us and we watch things that kind of help us know that there's something happening so we have the capability soon to fly you know into outer space and we already have to some degree but are we ready to do this you know we still have our humanity still has you know these these anger issues and not being able to share and that sort of thing but there are things happening now to bring us closer to that that's what i talked about mainly on the whole show um but anyway, in an ideal world, you know, humanity as a collective should be able to do this. But in this um, episode, it's like these beings have come and kind of take over and help, you know, change humanity. 
it's really important that we do these things ourselves, okay? You know, another thing that I've been seeing a lot of lately is the fleur-de-lis. And, um, you know, they, they it's on a lot of the French um, coats of arm and that sort of thing. Um, let me just see here. I got an article about the baronage. Um, let me see if I can find the beginning part of it. Um, okay. I'll start at the beginning here. The origin of the fleur-de-lis. And it's called Myths of Antiquity. Um, few herald emblems have been so controversial as a fleur-de-lis. And its history stretches back in time to the myths of antiquity. And quasi-mystical origins were seemingly accepted unquestionably by early churchmen. One scenario identifies as the lily giving at the baptism to Clovis, king of France, by the Virgin Mary, a tradition presented in evidence by the French bishops of the Council of Trent in 1545 to 63 to support their arguments for the precedence of the King Francis I. The lily was claimed to sprung from the tears shed by Eve, and uh, as she left Eden, just as that unrelated flower of the lily valley was said to have grown from the tears of the virgin at the foot of the cross. The lily has a lot of healing energy, and I've talked about it on other shows. I won't focus on that part today, but I'm feeling this lily very strongly. From its earliest records, it was a flower of Hera, the Greek moon goddess, so that could have to some do with the moon energy that I've been talking about. It has been the symbol of purity and Accordingly, readily adopted by the church to associate the Virgin Mary's sanctity with events of significance, uh, special significance. This December is the start of the year of the Divine Mercy, and humanity having that mercy within themselves and that empathy so they can join with the rest of humanity. But I don't think it's only just for the Catholic Church. I'm just saying it's been expressed by the Catholic Church and the Pope, the newest Pope has well, been... People ask me what I'm wearing. I tell them oh, that is really weird. This thing just popped up and I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> oh, that is really weird. Okay. i got to find out where this is coming from. Hmm. You just got a commercial there of, of, of Avino. Anyway, um, this fleur-de-lis, back to the fleur-de-lis. It's about the feminine energy. And um, this pope is really different. Some people have called him the un-pope they, in, in the Catholic Church. He just He's for everyone. He's not just for, I should make that clear. Um, anyway, um, this symbol has been used for a long time. So it's to do with the feminine energy, basically. And then they shifted that energy into the Virgin Mary when, you know, um, things changed with religions and that sort of thing. So when Pope Leo III in AD 800 crowned Charlemagne as an emperor, he is reported to have presented him with a blue banner 
covered semi with a golden fleur-de-lis, an event which may have given birth to the legend the Virgin's Glyph to the Clovis, as it undoubtedly formed the basis of Nicholas Upton's reference around A.D. 1428 to Charlemagne receiving the Azure Sem de Fleur de Lis from the angelic Clovis is the same name as Louis, Love, and Louis, and Lois was the contemporary spelling used by the King of France until Louis VIII. Fleur de Lis has been claimed as a corruption of Fleur de Lois. Other imaginative explanations include the shape having been developed from the image of the dove descending, which is a symbol of the Holy Ghost, and as the rouge croix poursuivant. Jean Guillaume explained in his display of Hadare of it being a distortion of the outline of the toad. But when you look at it, it's got three points, so the, the you know the Trinity too could be used. The French kings used the fleur-de-lis as an emblem of their sovereignty. On the seal of A.D. before heraldry became formalized, Philip I sits on the throne holding a short staff that terminates in a fleur-de-lis. The same staff appears in the great seal of Louis VII, 1137 to 80, whose signet ring was charged with a single fleur-de-lis, his great seals, uh, Philip II and Louis showed them seated and holding one in hand. So basically, you know, the French people or the French rulers have used this as a symbol. Um, so, let me just see what else. The other lilies of France are so well, are so well known, having only three leaves as a Latin called Fleur Eradi by the French Fleur de Lis being always called the flower of the rainbow or the French call fleur-de-lis from the river Lee, as will and, and anciently flams or flams, which signified the same. Whence the royal standard of France was called the aura flam or the aura flam, being the blue banner, cha- charged with the golden fleur-de-lis, a suitable f- figure, say some with Franks, came from marshes. So it's it's very symbolic of some joining energy. Okay. So, so although the or, the legendary origins of the fleur-de-lis have caught imaginations down the century, they're still, you know, they are still in these herald textbooks. The lily is now called an iris, which glow, grows along the lees in France drained by the Franks. Okay. So anyway, I'm just feeling this energy. And I'm just, um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, and I'm just trying to find it right now. Um, Yeah, I might have to dig around a little bit to find that. Um, It had to do with, um, well, let me see. Oh, here it is. I wanted to talk about onyx. It's one of the many forms of crypto-crystalline quartz. It's an agate that ranges in color from white to black and almost everything in between. It is commonly banded in multiple colors. Onyx will ensure a healthy release of negative emotions such as sore or grief. 
I've been seeing this so much lately, so I know that it's important. It can also help with ending unhappy relationships. So if you've gone through, you know, that tearing energy lately and gone through a breakup of a a negative energy, emotional relationship that has torn at your heart or shown, you know, you've shown symptoms of heart stuff, that'll be a good stone to wear. It'll help you through the sorrow grief. And it can help with, you know, the ending of these relationships while sharpening your sense and fortifying your self-confidence. Onyx connects and grounds at the root chakra. So there's that connecting energy again. I was talking about like the number 19 and grounds at the root chakra. One of the many forms of uh, crystalline quartz onyx is an agate that ranges in color from white to black. So interesting, okay? And some way I was seeing the fleur de lis doing that energy too, bonding energy. Let me see what else I have here. Oh, yeah. I was seeing, um, okay, this word, asceticism, A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. It um, is a lifestyle characterized by abstinence from worldly pleasures, often for the purpose of pursuing spiritual goals, Ascetics may withdraw from the world from their practices or continue to be part of their society, but typically include a frugal lifestyle without desire for material possessions or physical pleasures. I notice more people are doing that, cutting back on their food. And it doesn't just have to do with Christmas time or fasting or anything like that. I know that in Ramadan, a lot of um, Islamic people fast at that time but it's just like people are doing all the time now i've I've noticed that and their food the the, you know the food they eat is changing too they're becoming less chemical in what they eat you know it's been historically asceticism has been historically observed in many religions uh christian islamic uh, hinduism buddhism and jainism the practices of these religions you know eschewed you know worldly pleasures so i'm just seeing you know i notice that i'm doing this for no particular reason it's just happening and i think it's has to do with this joining energy okay i because I, I see other people doing it too or not being able to handle certain foods so um some people go into rigorous fasting, but they say they're doing it to attain redemption and higher spirituality. So this may be an option that you may want to take. That's the reason why I'm mentioning it. Um, I don't really want to get into the um, article, but you know, Google, you'll see it in Wikipedia, A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. And... Um, you know, it, it talks about all the different things and religions. Um, and I believe, let me just see back here. I go a little lower. Um, Buddha went through a period where he did that. It seems to be a process that some people take through, um, you know, going th- into higher consciousness. 
<clears throat> so it's, um, some people call it a Spartan lifestyle. You know, you live a certain life and you don't eat a lot of, you know, sugary things. You just eat what you need to have to eat. But um, <clears throat> there's a good book, Christian Mysticism, they talk about that, you know, if you're interested in that aspect. But there's, you know, you can do a lot of research on it. Um, you know, I kept getting the numbers 818, 12, 12, and 919 yesterday, but I was getting nine a lot, every time I looked up. You know, I I did a show December the 2nd and November the 25th. I've been, you know, donating my time and work to help people recently. And part of it is, you know, connecting with other people and going through that process. You know, the magic carpet, rising above, you know, that pretty interesting stuff that's going on right now. You know, resisting and that shock that we go through when um, we're bridging realities, it's important to flow with it. You know, to go beyond religious conditioning, um, focus on money or the ego and that sort of thing, we're more than just a body. You know, when we focus on the body, we trip and fall. So, you know, I was talking earlier about Jupiter, uh, the north node of Virgo. I was seeing that, you know, um, take the slow down, reflect. Everybody does it differently. We're, we're not, we're more than just the individual. We're a collective. We're part of the earth. We're part of the universe. We're part of the cosmos. We're all part of the divine being. We were going through an individual enlightenment. Now we're going through the collective enlightenment. You know, these shock experiences are to push us out of a sleep. And, you know, synchronistic things that have happened, you know, and we start to see around us is pushing us towards something. You know, we've gone through periods of time. And, you know, I've been seeing patterns that go in the number of multiples of 11 that have been um, surges in time and fluctuations of time, that rifts of time that go surging forward. I'm seeing big ones. Um, the last really big one was in June 17th, and there's that number again, of 1988. And then the next one is um, November the 18th or the 19th of 2018. So there's multiple numbers there in the 19 again too, the ones that are happening recently. I'm bridging two realities. I'm getting messages to help people bridge those realities. You know, giving light to people. It's about Focusing on the now, okay? I could have gone into a lot of stuff about, you know, this um, leap year and how it arrived and what happened. You know, different calendars and different people making things, but 
you know, there's an overlap every four years of a day, okay? It comes out to be a day. So that's why that was done. And then, you know, every four years to make up for the quarter of a day that's, that's out, that bridges, you know, time and space. But, you know, we're still in time and space, and we, in 3D we have to have, we, we don't have to, but we try to make logical understanding of that to how we fit in this. But, you know, we're bridging realities right now, and things may change. I was seeing um, in um, June 19th, 2566, that there's a big surge of energy at that time. It's funny that we've got that number 19 again. So, you know, time is not a straight line. Okay? It it really doesn't exist. We're like um, things exist at a point in the now. You know, the root chakra. Humanity is um, opening another part of that. And it's healing right now. You know, the, the earth has been crying out. You know, I talked, um, you know, the last time I was speaking, December the 2nd, about what went on in Paris. And then the following week, there was a summit for the environment. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep talking for a few minutes, but it's, this show is, you know, if you're listening on blog talk, you may not be able to hear me, but if you're on the phone, you will. Um you know, it's about balancing energy right now. It might not make sense. It may seem pretty drastic, some of the stuff that, you know, is going on. But um, the main thing is to be there for other people, have understanding about what other people are going through. And if it means that you need to take time to withdraw and go within yourself, or, you know, if you're going through some rough time and physically you're showing symptoms, this is a synchronistic thing that may be happening because you have to deal with something that is in your subconscious. You know, it, it, you have to look at all those things right now if you want to have understanding of it. You know, that's why I've talked about all these things right now. You know, I, I, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'll just see, you know, what... Um, I guess, you know, I kept seeing this necklace, and I kept seeing different parts of this necklace. And they were like rings, but they were um, kind of little nibs that were like three nibs on each ring on this necklace that was hung, you know... From the necklace, there was a necklace, and there, these things moved freely across. The three little points that come out. Okay, say you have a circle, and then you have part of the circle points out. You know, there maybe there's three of them. Well, when you have, you know, two or three circles that hit each other, or say you have a middle circle, then you have two circles on each side, and they all have this little point. Each point, you know, when you have a circle, there, there's 
they kind of touch each other, but they flop around. But when you have these little points, they connect and they hold each other. It's like holding hands. And I kept seeing, you know, us expanding and our chakras becoming one big chakra. But we're all, we all have these little nibs that reach out and we connect with one another. And, it, it, you know, it was amazing. I was, I had this vision. And then I realized afterwards, I kept seeing this necklace. And it ha- actually had um, onyx in it, the middle one, onyx. But, you know, the onyx, you know, is the energy that ties all the other energies together. And, you know, the moon, full moon that's coming up, and all the energy that's led up to this, you know, the tearing energy and all the other stuff, but the love and putting it back together energy that's coming, you know, the moon energy is is all inter related okay so uh, i'm i'm seeing a lot of stuff going around you know that story that i was reading about childhood's uh end that uh, arthur c clark wrote you know um humanity basically is like a child right now. You know when kids have tantrums, they fight, they have wars and stuff like that. Well, it's time for humanity to grow up and to try to have understanding, you know, and go beyond that. And when we do, we do have understanding. You know, um, that friend of mine that um, didn't really understand other people and then all of a sudden understood his emotions, and then opened himself up to other emotions. He had that connection. He was like that big onyx stone that's connected to these little rings that have little points, and they all connect together. You know, this um, Christmas is going to be and December 24th leading up to it, and all the other days before that, are leading up to a pretty phenomenal day and a day of big change, you know, um, for humanity. Are you going to be ready for that change? Are you going to flow into it? I think it's to set humanity up for even bigger things that are coming that they have to deal with. It's like taking a step up and you don't look back, you know. This is a really rare full moon. It's not going to happen again. You know, for 29, 30 years, you know, I kept getting these um, time surges, too, in, in increments of 30 years or 31 years. And then, you know, I was getting other things in 29s and 30s. And the Mayan calendar is very structured in, in certain numbers like 19 and 23. And I think 17, too. So, you know, just just be aware of what's going on around you. And, you know, and if you're really interested, you know, keep listening to, you know, Fifth Dimensional Radio because, you know, it won't be as complicated as so much as this show, you know, but um, 
listening to find out what's going on around the planet and what has meaning and what has purpose for humanity right now. It's all happening and much love and um, I'll be back next week before Christmas. You know, it's not so much, um, you know, the holiday Christmas is, is about giving and that sort of thing, but it's connection with people and joining again with people that we care about. You know, um, I think that's more important than actually the religion that you're in, um, to be have that connection and that awareness, and it just happens to be happening on that, that day when all that's going on too. So it should be pretty interesting. I'm going to continue to pray the prayers of light to help humanity bridge from fear into love and bridge the reality from 3D consciousness into fifth dimensional consciousness again. Pure love from my heart to you. And if you don't listen till after Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas to you or any holiday that you celebrate um, this time of the year. And um, we're really not that much different, okay? We have different designations, different religions, roles, different things. But when it comes down to it, we're really basically the same within ourselves. So much love. Take care. Thank you for listening to This Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1. May your hearts and minds always be open to experiencing a greater world.